Well, last week we looked at the thought of courage. Where is my courage? This Sunday we want to look at what I call the season that we've just walked into. And we can call it many things. We can call it a season of isolation. We can call it a season of punishment. We can call it a season of martial law. <laughs> but I want to call it a season of divine reset. Divine reset. Uh, I don't have an Android phone. I have an Apple phone. But my mom and dad, they are Android users. They're just on a budget. And uh, the thing about those phones are they constantly get filled with viruses. I should be careful even using the V word, but we'll go there. And uh, sometimes they give me their phones and I don't know what to do with it. And the only thing I can do is sometimes go into the settings and say, restore factory mode. How many of us love, every time we've, we've stuffed up, it's like restore factory mode. You know, yeah. when we stuff up on a machine or car or whatever, it's like, can I get back into where it is? And as I look at what has happened in the year 2020, really, it's been a year in many ways. We're entering into, we've entered into a season of reset. Yeah. I think a lot of people are re-examining their priorities, re-examining where their life is. And I want to talk about a man in the Bible who I believe had what I call a divine reset. And that man's name was Jacob. But to really help you understand Jacob, you need to have a bit of history. Jacob, all his life, was always aiming for the next thing. He, he, got, he, was, he was never happy. Like, you know, mom serving breakfast. I've got two pancakes, but Esau's got three. Like, why? You know? Uh, he was always wanting to outdo his brother. He was wanting to outdo his uncle. A lot of us think that he only had a problem with his brother, but he had a problem with anybody that was just a little bit better than him. And he was, const- he was building his career. He was building his finances. He was trying to hustle a blessing everywhere he could go. And, you know, I, I, think, I think we sort of sometimes complain about Jacob and the Jacob attitude, but isn't that what our world has taught us to be? You got to be the best in school. You got to be the best in uni. You got to be the best at work. And without us knowing what's happened, is we've created a culture of Jacobs. You know, we are Jacobs or Jacobites. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Mr. Jacob and Miss Jacobite, all running through town, boarding buses, jumping on trains, jumping on planes, trying to outdo each other. And all of a sudden, now we have. It's almost like someone has pressed the reset button. I don't think God is the source of disease god is the source of that god has healed every disease has taken care of any iniquity but what i love about god is god is redemptive in nature and he can use every season and in genesis 32 what happens is we meet jacob who is actually quite successful who in biblical in in human in worldly terms today is a millionaire who owns all these homes owns all these all this cattle owns all these properties And in the middle, there's a scripture that just I want to highlight this morning. In fact, I want to read from Genesis 32, verse 22, where it says, And he arose, talking about Jacob, and he arose that night and took his two wives. Let's all pray for Jacob. (laughs) Jacob Jacob wasn't just happy with one, he needed two. You know what I'm saying? He was that kind of a guy. I have to keep my options open. His two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. There we go, fords in the Bible. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Now, verse 24 is what I really want to highlight. Then Jacob was left alone. I believe 99% of humanity cannot handle this. To be left alone. To be left alone 
and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now there's a lot of theories on who this man is. Theologians say that this man was an angel. Some say this man was a pre-incarnate form of Jesus. I want to add my own version of it. I think it was all, but I also think it was him. I think he was left alone because sometimes we can leave me alone, but leave a movie. Leave me alone, but keep a book. Leave me alone, but give me a game. Leave me alone, but give me something to work with. But to meet for Alwyn, to be left alone with Alwyn, we cannot get along. We will be wrestling the whole time. And for mankind to reach a place where we have been left alone, this whole thing of social isolation is nothing but to be left alone. But friend, I want to take a moment this morning to talk about the power of being left alone. The power of being left alone is what I call a divine reset. See, God cannot press the reset button of our lives unless we are left alone with ourselves. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you read the story, you notice that in verse 27, as Jacob is fighting with this man, literally the man in the mirror, this man asks him the question, what is your name? And he says, Jacob. Now we look at that and we're like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. Well, what you got to understand is all this time, Jacob got by by telling somebody else's name. When his dad asked him his name many years ago, my name is Esau. To his uncle Laban, he was trying to be something else and something else. and something. For the first time, he had to look in the mirror and say, I am Jacob. I am Alvin. I'm insecure. I, I don't like some things about me. There are, there are dark passages and corridors in my mind. There are habits that I'm not comfortable with. But I binge watch and I binge serve and I binge preach and I binge teach and I binge pastor and I and I and I do this with just because I don't want to be left alone with me let me tell you that's why I've got a lot of admiration for people that go to jail I've, I've spoken to a few people that have been in correctional facilities in jails because for a man especially men to be left alone with himself is a powerful thing. We look at the life of Jesus where when he was left alone, that's when the greatest things happened. The Mount of Transfiguration, the Garden of Gethsemane, the greatest things happened. And you notice in, in Genesis 32, it says that anytime he said his name, anytime he said his name, Jacob, Jacob the cheater, it says, and God blessed him. Jacob the cheater, the guy that's insecure, God blessed him. Eventually at the end of Genesis 32, God says, your name is no longer Jacob, but your name is Israel. He had a divine reset. I wonder in the season as a family, as a church, as the body of Christ, those of us that are watching from whichever country, whichever part of the world, I wonder the power of us being left to ourselves. What is the reset that's going to happen? Is God going to give you a new name? Is God going to give you a new, new calling? Is God going to give you a new assignment? Uh, you know, I know of parents that have been running away from their kids in the busyness of work, in the busyness of travel, in the busy now they're stuck at home with their kids and they're like, they've got to recapture what it's to be a mom, what it's to be a dad, what it's to actually have family time. And can I just encourage us as a family, as a church, that utilize this time. Don't look at the season of being quarantined or the season of being isolated as, oh, this is horrible, this is bad. This... We did not see this coming, but let me tell you, Someone did see it coming. His name is Jesus. He saw it coming. He's aware. This wasn't like a whoops. This was like, oh, I didn't see that. That wasn't on the calendar. Uh, And so I want to encourage us in the season and say, God knew. And I think we got to ask ourselves, the question we got to ask ourselves is not why is this happening, but 
God, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to show me? Uh, get rid of the Jacob in me so that you can birth the Israel, so you can birth the promise. You can birth my calling. You can birth. And, and for some of us to be left alone with ourselves can be a disaster. We don't. In fact, the thing is, some of us don't like ourselves. We're not comfortable with ourselves. Uh, we like ourselves based on the level at which people receive us at the level at which people are able to handle us, at the, at the, at the, at the level at which people affirm us is yeah. the level at which we like ourselves. But can I tell you, friend, it's a powerful moment. Don't go into self-isolation alone. Go into self-isolation with the presence of God. Yeah. Because that day when Jacob was left alone, he thought he was left alone. But he did not realize that he was at the moment where he's going to discover some really, really powerful things in his own life. I've been asking God, for those of you that call Downport Church your family and your, your home church, 2020 has been an interesting year because the word for our year was the year of wonder. Uh, you know, the word wonder to me is like explosion, <laughs> you know, things, celebration, party, gatherings, buildings, locations, breakthrough, healing. How can you even see people healed if you can't even lay hands on them? So I was asking God saying, God, have I missed it? Should it have been the year of insight? Should it have been the year of uh, divine depth in my bedroom? Should it have been the year of quarantine? Like what, what, you know, I've been, I've been fighting with God sort of saying, I don't know if I got it right with the whole wonder thing. You know, is it really the year of wonder? Until I read this uh, report in the Washington Post that talks about Isaac Newton. Now, if you don't know Isaac Newton, he's considered, he's actually called Sir Isaac Newton, knighted, one of the greatest, most uh, genius minds uh, ever to live in all of humanity. Isaac Newton uh, has been attributed for some of the greatest discoveries, but what we may not understand is that Isaac Newton discovered a lot of this when he was quite young. He actually discovered it in his early 20s. Uh, and, and Isaac Newton was actually studying in, in Cambridge, but they, they went through what you call a plague, just like we are going through. And they had to exper- experience the same thing we are going through called social distancing. And Isaac Newton, in fact, had to be sent back from his university to his family estate. Uh, in fact, his family estate, they say, was 60 miles from the University of Cambridge. And people, a lot of people think that Isaac Newton thrived because he went to Cambridge. But Isaac Newton's greatest season of growth was not when he was in uni, but when he was, in, when he was out of uni, when he was in self-isolation. All of England had to go through self-isolation because of the plague. Isaac Newton, it was, it was in, in, in the time of self-isolation that Isaac Newton discovered calculus and begin to write mathematical papers and formulas that we still use today. It was one day in self-isolation that Isaac Newton looked out of the window and saw an apple fall and realized that there is a force called gravity. When Isaac Newton was knighted, he pointed back in his speech to the year 1666, the year of the plague, and he called it my wonder year. I wonder if our understanding of wonder can be different to God's definition of wonder. Maybe God's God birthing wonder is not so much 
what he does collectively, collectively, but rather what he does individually. Maybe God needed Jacob to be left alone to discover his own wonder. Because Jacob was so caught up with Isaac's wonder and Laban's wonder and everybody else's wonder. And God said, can you just get stuck in a room for a moment so I can really get this out of you? I can really do something in you so I can really define what I'm doing in you. And I want to encourage us as a church. This is a time of divine reset. How many of us have said, oh, if I could just have a break? Well, God's answered your <laughs> prayer in divine ways. God's answered your prayers. In super- I'm telling you right now as a pastor, sometimes the pace of life, the pace of ministry, the pace of I can be honest to perform. Pastor, when's the next thing? When's the next thing? We've got this happening. And just to know, you know what? I'm not looking at any of those things. I'm not looking at any of the measurements. I'm saying, God, reset. God put your reset. And some of you know my story that in the year 2004, none of what we've seen as a ministry would have ever happened if it weren't for the year 2004. In the year 2004, I was, in, I was on my way to med school uh, and, and in the middle of that I had a massive God encounter and God said, quit med school. And unfortunately, the system, or fortunately, the system we were in, we can't just jump from one course to another. I had to lose a whole year. And in that year, I was stuck with me. And I had to spend time praying. I had to spend time studying. I had to spend time in the presence of God. And during that time, God began to tell me, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this in this part. I'm going to do, you're, going to, you're going to see a youth camp. I didn't understand. God was talking about downpour camp. I started having visions in another continent about what we're seeing here today. And I want to encourage you because maybe you might be at a crossroads saying, God, what's next? And God is saying, this is your divine reset. You're stuck with you so that now you can reach out to me. And as you reach out to me, I'm going to birth dreams. I'm going to birth creativity. I'm going to birth songs. Maybe you're a worship leader watching. I'm going to create songs. I'm going to give you songs of heaven. I'm going to put what I call divine downloads. See, divine downloads cannot occur unless there is divine reset. And so we want downloads from heaven, but if there's a virus in our system, if there's a virus in our soul, and, and, and I'm not so, um, oh yes, we need to be careful about the virus that's around the world, but I'm more careful about the virus that would creep into my soul. And if we can just say, you know what, I, I, I need a divine reset so that God can download what He needs to download in this time. Yeah. I want to encourage us, let's, um, let's get the best out of the season. Let's not be people that say, oh, uh, you know, how could this happen? How tragic, how bad, how, how, you know, how ungodly. Let's say, God, what are you teaching me through this? God, what can I absorb? God, what can I do? And you know what is amazing? At the end of the day, you know, you know, you've got the God of Abraham, you've got the God of Isaac, but you've got the God of Jacob. In other words, when God was blessing the children, he did not call them the nation of Abraham or the nation of Isaac. He called them the nation of Israel. I want you to know maybe God is trying to birth legacy through you. Maybe God's trying to birth a business idea through you. I want to encourage people, if you're a business person watching, if you're an innovative soul, I want to encourage you saying, God, what is, what is an idea that you want me to birth? What are some create, what's some creativity that I can apply in this season? I want us to not look at the limitations around us, but say, God, in this limited little space, what can I produce for the glory of God? And I know there's something powerful that begins to happen when we have a divine reset. If you're watching... And if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, before we get into the realms of creativity and uniqueness and finding our calling, the greatest divine reset you can have is when you put your faith in Jesus. 
when you put your faith in Jesus, God presses the reset button on your sin, on your shame, on your offense, on your pain, on, on condemnation. He presses the reset button and he puts in you his Holy Spirit. And so I want to take a moment to pray for people. And if you're putting your faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you right now. Maybe shoot us an email, maybe send a message, uh, maybe comment in the, in the window, comment on the, on the video, maybe press the like button, do whatever needed so our team knows what is happening in your world and so we can love on you, we can take care of you, we can support you. I want you to know as a church community, we may be physically not together, but we are spiritually all together in this and we are with you, we're there with you even right now. But we're going to take a moment right now to pray, pray for people to embrace this not as a divine disruption or a divine curse, or a divine punishment, but rather a divine reset. Father, I pray for each and every person in this room and those of us watching. I pray right now, God, that we would embrace this as a season of divine reset. Teach us, Lord, what are you saying to us as parents? What are you saying to us as teenagers? What are you saying to us as individuals? I pray for every person that's right now that's putting their faith and their trust in you. I pray in the name of Jesus that they would say, today is a new day. Today I'm putting my faith in Jesus and I put my trust in God. And I pray for every person that maybe we need to have a shift in perspective. Let us embrace that same creativity that Newton had when he said, in this moment of self-isolation, I'm going to read, I'm going to feed myself. I'm going to be the best that I can be for the world that God has for me tomorrow. So I pray God that you would just shift our perspective and, and give us an understanding of the times and seasons. We give you all the glory in your most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for watching. We want you to know we love you. We're praying for you. We're thinking of you and we cannot wait to hear from you. God bless you.